the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday, July the 19th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. Today is the 200th day of the year. That would mean there's 165 days left in this year. you got plenty of time to keep your keep your promises to yourself that you made on New Year's Day or around that time. Yeah, you can procrastinate for another 164 days if you want to. Some do, but 165 days left in the year. Today on July 19, 2005, President George W. Bush, he announced his choice of federal appeals court judge John G. Roberts Jr. to replace Supreme Court Justice Sandra Day O'Connor. Roberts ended up succeeding Chief Justice William Rehnquist, who died in September of 2005. You may remember Samuel Alito followed O'Connor. Today in 1969, Apollo 11 and its astronauts, Neil Armstrong, Edwin, Buzz Aldridge, and Michael Collins, they went into orbit around the moon. In 1969, that was a big deal. We've moved beyond that now. Today in 1993, President Bill Clinton announced a policy allowing homosexuals to serve in the military under a compromise that was called Don't Ask, Don't Tell, Don't Pursue. Today in 2016, Republicans nominated Donald Trump as their presidential standard bearer. He gave a brief videotaped remark to them. He said, thank the delegates. And he said, this is a movement, but we have to go all the way. One year ago today, Ben and Jerry's said they would stop selling their ice cream in the Israeli-occupied West Bank, and they contested East Jerusalem as, as not the way it should be. They said the sales in the territories sought by the Palestinians were inconsistent with the company's values. Well, the company's values are all screwed up. Their ice cream's pretty good, but it's all screwed up. Jerusalem is not, or the Jews are not occupying any part of Jerusalem or any part of that landmass. In fact, others are occupying their territory. In the oldest land agreement in the history of the human race, God gave that land to Israel. And no one had owned it before, ever. So if you want to talk about occupation, they need to pop open a little container of their own ice cream and eat some ice cream and rethink all of that because there is occupation, but it's not Israel. God gave them that land. The Bible is very clear on that. So, but their ice cream is pretty good. I don't eat Ben and Jerry's. I have a problem with a lot of their issues. I, You know, you can't, you can't, um, you can't boycott everything you don't agree with. I mean, you would live in a vacuum. And I don't try to do that. And those of you who have been listening to this program for a while, 
you know that I, I'm not a big advocate of boycott. I mean, I, I like the idea of it. It just often doesn't work, and there are better ways to do things sometimes. But for some reason, I just if I reach for Ben and Jerry's, I just think, nah, I don't want that. I mean, it's pretty good ice cream, but I don't want that. I just remember what they stand for, and they're so vocal about it. And I know somebody else owns the company now, but their voices are still echoing around their ice cream. So I don't do it, but I'm not advocating that others do that. That's just me. I feel good about it when I don't eat their good ice cream because of what they believe. So that's, you know, that's kind of a little caveat on boycotting today. If it works and it's legit, I'm all for it. Believe me, I am. President Joe Biden, he could declare a climate emergency this week. Uh, the Washington Post came out this morning with a story. They're usually pretty close to the president because they carry the water for him, for sure. Until recently, they pushed back a little bit. But the Washington Post is saying that he may come out with a climate emergency declaration this week. Uh, because most of the elements of his environmental agenda, which was a really big deal to him, have stalled in Congress. That's an understatement. One of their own, a Democrat, put the knife in the heart when he didn't, the West Virginia uh, senator, he, he just didn't go along with it. He said no, because, I mean, he didn't say this, but coal drives West Virginia. I mean, that is the economy. And, um, of course, President Biden's agenda basically shuts down the coal industry and the oil industry if he are if he were able to fully implement it. But uh, Democrat Senator Joe Manchin, he told the party leaders just last week that he opposes the plans to advance this uh, multi-billion-dollar deal of the president. So uh, the president, I, I think he thought, I think. Biden thought he was going to go along with it, but he didn't. So now they're looking at coming out with an emergency uh, climate declaration, and they'll point out how hot it is in middle America. You'll notice that the that the words will cool down as we go into the fall, honestly. But the the advocates, the the guys that are out there day in and day out giving speeches on you know climate, we have 10 years, we have 15 years, whatever. They move to the southern hemisphere. Honestly, they do. They give their speeches. Al Gore used to do it all the time. When fall would come, you you wouldn't hear anything out of Al Gore. Well, where's Al Gore? Oh, he's in South America, in Africa. You know, he's Australia, pushing climate change or you know global warming in the beginning and so on. So these guys move around the planet and they pick out the hotspots and then they give their speeches about how many, you know, months or years we have left as a as a species if we don't do what they tell us to do in regards to climate. And I don't mean to be trite about it. I mean, it's a big deal. They're trying to they're trying to reorder the world really and climate change is a vehicle that they could use to create a new world order because it would be if if they were able to implement what they want the several organizations but our president is all in on this if they could do what they want to do it'd be the greatest force transfer of wealth in the history of the world so we hope and pray they do not i think we are to be good stewards of the earth the bible tells us to be it's god's creation but he gave man dominion over his creation we're in charge 
that we should do what is right, but not use it as a tool to reorder a godless one world order. And that's what they want. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, she she's having a uh, vote today on uh, marriage. She has a new bill out. It's called Respect for Marriage Act. And she's going to have the House vote on it today, at least it's scheduled for a vote today. A lot of people are calling it the Disrespect for Marriage Act. That's exactly what it is. The Defense of Marriage Act was approved in 1996 by overwhelming bipartisan majorities, both the House and Congress. President Bill Clinton signed it, I mentioned a moment ago. There was a compromise in it. The don't tell, don't ask, don't tell thing was part of the conversation. But nonetheless, Nancy's going to float this out. It will probably pass the House, but don't let the media fool you when they report on this. It probably will not get past the Senate. So keep that in mind. We hope and pray that that's the case. But also today, pay attention to how your representative in the House votes. You say, well, man, I live in King County. I mean, you know, but just pay attention. And that can help to be a motivator for you to vote. Because we've got to keep voting. We've got to stay in the game. We've got to stay engaged. That is the call of God to his people. That is the call of the Bible to those of us who are biblical Christians. Marriage and family is the cornerstone of society, and it has never been under greater attack than it is today, ever, in the history of the world, in my opinion. So be involved, vote, do what you need to do and what you should do, and vote for the right people. The right people are not Democrats or Republicans. The right people are the people who stand for biblical truth. That's who we should be voting for, regardless of political affiliation. Got this note from some of our friends who support this ministry. And thank you to all of you who do. Along with a check, this verse was with the check. Let me share it with you. It'll be our verse for today. It's Isaiah 43.2. It says, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. So much I could say about that, but we won't take the time to do that today. But boy, that's a good verse. I mean, they're all good, but that speaks to the moment, doesn't it? The Biden administration Center for Disease Control, CDC, is promoting an activist organization that's seeking to embed leftist gender theory in the classroom. So while the little kids are out playing on the playground and going on vacation with mom and dad and so on, the big boys in public education are preparing to meet them at the front door when they go back to their public classroom in a matter of weeks now. The CDC, the LGBT Youth Resources page, directs teachers to access educator resources from the Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network, GLESEN, G-L-S-E-N, that's the acronym. It's a left-wing organization. It seeks to embed gender theory into America's classrooms, and they've done so successfully. This is a problem for confused children. It's child abuse. And yet, there's another violation of parents' trust. But even a greater problem 
is that too many professing biblical Christians have joined this ally movement, or it's also known as Ally Week, or No Name Calling Week, or Day of Silence. That'll be coming up as soon as the kids get ensconced back into their little cells, I mean classrooms. How do you square a a professed biblical faith with being an active, affirmative ally of the LGBTQ movement? I don't know for sure, but I want to talk about it a little bit about it today. But public education, CDC, and the LGBTQ plus alliance, they certainly have squared up with one another. It's interesting. Glesson advertises heavily by asking, like, quote, interested in finding ways to bring LGBTQ visibility into your curriculum? You've come to the right place. This is CDC sponsored and promoted. Glesson is, as noted, it's a left-wing organization. It's deeply infiltrated in our public school system. Parents are involved in this all across the country because they want to be good parents. They want to express compassion. This isn't the way to do it. This is affirming and becoming allied with the wrong side because these are destructive policies, very destructive physically and spiritually. In fact, they're demonic. Interesting, I read an article yesterday, I just came across it, but it was entitled The Demonic in Contemporary Culture. And the reason it caught my attention was not just the title, although that did, but it was published by the American Mind, and it was written by a, a guy named Richard Pope. And I recognized his name because he's written a lot of books, He's not a Christian. He's a, more of a secularist, I guess. I don't know what he is, but he's not a Christian. He doesn't claim to be a Christian. In fact, he says he's not a Christian. But I caught this article, and I, 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 it's in the American. It was published in the American Mind, and Richard Pope noted that the, he was talking about the depths to which America has slid, with the pro-abortion activists taking a stance that he said it's a birthing person's choice even at full term. And he says teachers are instructing kindergartens about explicit sex, sex, then taking them to a drag queen story hour. He says the only word that I can find to describe this is demonic. This is a non-Christian talking. So I looked at it and I read more. I'm not going to get into it, but in the beginning of his article, Pope says, quote, I am not religious, but logic tells me there is no no natural explanation for a nation plunging off a moral cliff like America has that has forced me to look beyond. I wonder how many other people this is forcing to look beyond, and if they look beyond, are we there? Are we ready to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them? That is the only answer to this confusion, this darkness. But when Non-Christians begin identifying the culture as demonic and the activities that are going on in the culture with a straight face. The Joe Bidens, the Barack Obamas, the Bill Clintons, if if he's still around. I, I mean, I don't see much of him anymore. But, I mean, these people are powerful people. And they're the ones that are pushing all these programs under the guise of being spiritually enlightened. The secularist is calling that demonic. Not a pastor, not a preacher, but a secularist who says 
right off the top. I'm not a Christian. But man, the only way to describe what's going on is to call it what it is. It's demonic. Very interesting. And he wrote more about it. And and I thought, well, maybe he gets around to kind of walking this back toward the end of the article. He didn't. He stayed with that idea in the article that he wasn't religious. But man, he said, this is a religious matter. It's gone beyond secularism and politics. It's very true. When we find our own CDC lined up, I mean, of course, they've been lined up with a lot of 'er ne'er-do-wells, but when we see our own CDC lined up with Glesson, the general curriculum, the educator assistants and guides, it should cause concern. The CDC, in harmony with Glesson, has also directed LGBTQ youth to a chat site. The chat site was designed and is designed to be kept secret, and it's It features discussions on sex change operations, political activism, and the occult. The occult? Yeah, the occult. Our own government is in alliance with an organization that is promoting sexual perversion, political activism for that sexual perversion, and they're promoting and introducing these younger kids to the occult on their chat site. Well, I'll tell you, among Glesson's educator guides, one is supporting LGBTQ plus students of color. So they put the racial component into it as well. You're a racist if you don't get on board and become an ally. The purpose of this students of color section of their educator guides is to, quote, decenter whiteness in LGBTQ plus history, inclusive curriculum, and visual representation. I'm not sure what all that means, but I'm pretty sure I know where they're going with it. Glesson maintains a list of books that teachers can use in the classrooms to encourage LGBTQ visibility. CDC is promoting all of this. In fact, its you know direction to all of this information is on CDC website. The list is intended for elementary school children. It includes... A is for activist, as well as I Am Jazz. I've talked about that book, I Am Jazz, before on this program. It endorses the idea that little children can be transgender. They just need to be uh, taught that they can be, and that'll take away all of their anxieties. Of course it does. It does exactly the opposite. Glesson also advocates for men to be able to play women's sports and to use women's restrooms and locker rooms. All of this endorsed by CDC. But what I am concerned about, and it's really problematic to me, i got to be honest with you, it's very troubling. I'd like, I'd, how, how, do, how do Christians, not quote-unquote devout Catholics, as Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi like to claim, and for those of you who are not listening carefully, I do not believe they are devout Christians because their fruit tells me otherwise. But they call themselves that. How do, I mean, I understand how they kind of line up with this, because they really are walking in darkness scripturally. They really are, because of what they say. I don't, God knows their heart, but I certainly pay attention to their words. And they are walking in a darkness. They're not in the light of God's truth, in the things that they say. 
They claim to be devout. I mean, just like the Pharisees did. They claim a devout Christian faith. But they don't practice that. And, and in making laws and driving this nation, they do exactly the opposite that God would have any Christian to do or any person that cares about people. The secular agenda is destructive. The biblical the biblical truth, the biblical worldview builds up a person, ultimately leads us to Jesus Christ as our Savior, and we have eternal life through him. I mean, the, the difference is so stark. But I can't see how evangelical Christians who claim to believe the Bible and they, they, they try to live out the Bible in their life suddenly become in alliance with the LGBTQ movement and even the abortion part of that. There's an expanding alliance between the influencers in the LGBTQ plus movement and a false version of Christianity. Self-identifying evangelicals, in some cases, mainstream Christians in many cases, are becoming strong supporters of the LGBTQ agenda under the guise of love and compassion. I can't tell you how, and I've read a lot of the what the religious, so-called religious left is saying about this, but I can't tell you how many times these guys have written books, and, and there's a whole list of them that, that are going down that path from the so-called evangelical community. But I can't tell you how many times these people have devoted a big part of their book to explaining God's love. And that's all true. God is love. The Bible tells us that. But they then run a thread through the love part of what they're saying is that if you don't affirm the LGBTQ movement or the abortion movement or whatever that is ungodly and anti-biblical to the core, then you don't love. And you drive around neighborhood and you see all these signs poked up in the in the lawn, you know, Love, love wins, and BLM, and on and on it goes. I mean, there's just so much confusion that the truth is shaded purposefully on the part of the leaders. And we find that there are Christians that are now coming into, quote, a formal alliance with this movement. This movement doesn't give a rip about these kids. That's my opinion, but it's very strong opinion. I've been watching them very closely and reading and following what they what they're doing for a very long time. I mean, for a long time as a pastor and all the years we were on television and on this program now for the last number nine or ten years. Progressive Christianity is a movement. It's infiltrating and influencing the evangelical church. Some of the most high-profile Christian leaders are part of it. The movement seeks to reinterpret the Bible and reassess historic doctrines and redefine the core tenets of the Christian faith. While claiming the title Christian and boasting a, a very high view of the Bible, it's sweeping up many of the uninformed, unsuspecting Christians into a false view of who God is and how he saves people. Because ultimately, this takes you to a point. I wish we had an hour and a half. I know you don't, but I would like to talk about it that long. But this takes you ultimately to a point where you recognize in love and compassion that the other religions in the world, they're not going to go to hell just because they don't believe Jesus is the Son of God. 
They practice their faith in their own way, and God is not going to send them to hell. Well, that's partially true. God isn't going to send them to hell, but they're sending themselves there because they are rejecting the only way to God, which is through Jesus Christ. That's fundamental Christian faith, doctrine. And they get to the point where they deny the basic core tenets of Christianity. Jesus himself said there is no other way to the Father except through him, the only begotten Son of God, who died on a cross and was resurrected from the dead because we are sinners and we needed a Savior. He became that Savior. He paid the price for our sins. The Muslims, they don't believe that. But no, they'll be in heaven, according to these deconstructionists. And that's what is happening today. We are find ourselves in the culture today deconstructing Christianity. And we are saying in a social sense, well, I like this part of Christianity, but this part over here is bothersome to me. I don't now that's not fair. That's not equitable. That's not equality. That's not inclusive. And ultimately, Christianity becomes non-inclusive. Because would God reject me because I'm gay? Don't I have a right to my own body to make these decisions? It's my life. It's my choice. I wrote an article on this today in our website on faithandfreedom.us. I would encourage you to read it because it's it's linked to a lot more sources that I don't have time to get into on this program. But one is a pastor, and this pastor is a... Um, she tells her story to The Atlantic. The Atlantic is a very far left, but it's widely read magazine. Old magazine. In fact, they're known to have made Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, the, the poet, during the Abraham Lincoln years, and made him famous. They would they would publish his his uh, poems like the Midnight Ride of Paul Revere and that kind of thing, but over time they've drifted way to the left. They're kind of an elitist magazine, but they're way to the left, and they have a lot of far left uh, readers. I mean, a lot of them. But in this article, it's titled "A Pastor's Case for the Morality of Abortion." They go into this whole thing in this just cast. It's a woman pastor of the United uh, Church of Christ. And she's talking about this, and she makes a biblical a biblical appeal to Christians that they are responsible because Jesus came to give us life and give it to us more abundantly, that a part of that abundant life is to make the choices about the baby in the womb. And that's why abortion, she says, is never, ever immoral. And goes on from there. I would encourage you to read that, faithandfreedom.us. It's uh, revealing, it's sad, because people are sitting in the pew looking for a better life, looking for eternal salvation, looking for a relationship with God, and they're hearing that from their pastor. It's very, very sad. We'll probably be talking about these things more in the coming days because it is becoming it is becoming sort of the headline, the front line of what's being discussed and what's driving a lot of the issues in our culture today. So when when we talk about politics, we've got to talk about 
Scripture and God and God's Word. So we'll continue to do that, and we can only do it with your support. Thank you for standing with me financially. I need your support. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.